Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Mike Jordan. I'm the founder of DTO Motorsport. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Driven Chat Podcast. My name is John Marker and I am very pleased to be bringing you our 101st episode of the Driven Chat Podcast. This comes after a one-week break, the first one-week break that we have ever had since starting our weekly podcast in June 2020. And there is good reason for that. It wasn't a planned break, I must admit. We did not plan to have a holiday. We've not all been away to Barbados for a week and been sunning ourselves on the beach. It's actually been rather busy. And uh, that busyness also tied in with a, a little bout of COVID-19 for me, uh, meant that we had to take a bit of time off. Our scheduling and our recording all went a little bit out the window. And uh, yes, we decided to uh, just play it safe. Rather than putting out some mediocre content, we just thought, let's let's give ourselves a break for a week, and then jump back into it again. The other reason, other than a bit of COVID, stepping in to ruin our flow, uh, the other thing that made us rather busy last week is, as you may be aware, on the week that we celebrated our 100th episode of the Driven Chat podcast, we also relocated our radio show. Now, a lot of you might be listening going, what, you guys have a radio show? We do, we have a radio show, as well as this podcast, as well as the YouTube channel, as well as the website, as well as lots of other productions that we are also involved in. We have a weekly radio show. That show has 
previously been going out on Talk Radio here in the UK, a DAB station. Talk Radio has rebranded to Talk TV and subsequently means that the output that we were putting out didn't quite tally up with the way that their shows or new shows would be working. So we've moved. We've moved over now to Talk Sport 2, which means that if you want to listen to our new radio show, you can do so. Our show now goes out Friday mornings at 9am, but fear not. If that for any reason is an inconvenient time for you to listen, you can firstly listen back via the Talk Sport app. You can download that in your mobile phone's app store, go to the schedule, and then you'll see the daily schedules, go back to Friday, and you'll see us there. But not only that, if you are the kind of person that listens to a lot of talk sport, if you consume a lot of sport radio, then chances are you will hear us throughout the week, because our show actually gets replayed about six or seven times per week. So, brand new show, slightly different concept, now on a new radio station, TalkSport 2. Personally, I think this is a much better home for us, and... We're all really, really happy with the transition over to Talk Sports. With the new show, we're also bringing in a new voice. So we have also welcomed to our team a new member, a new voice, and that member is Rachel Downey. Rachel is a motorsport journalist and commentator. She is brilliant. She's bringing in a new wave of energy to talk about motorsport on the radio show primarily, because, of course, being talk sport, we need to have a bit more of a motorsport twist. So that's exactly uh, the perfect... Rachel is the perfect person for that. If anyone at home is listening, thinking, oh, hang on a minute, if Rachel's come in, is Amy still around? Is Who else is still around? Well, yes, Amy is still around. However, Amy is now stepping down from the radio show activities, but is very definitely sticking with me on the podcast side of things as well. So fear not, Amy is still around. So we are now a team of four voices. We have Amy, we have Rachel, we have Andy, and we have myself. All four of our voices you will hear in various aspects. But for the podcast, I expect as we have been doing for the vast majority of recordings, it's going to be myself and Amy. For the radio show, it'll be myself, Amy and Andy. And then for various other activities like YouTube and social media, you'll see a bit of all of us here and there and all over the place. Now, before we dive into this week's podcast, which is a great conversation I had with Mike Jordan, who is the CEO and founder of DTO Motorsport. There are a couple of other things I want to mention to you. In fact, I'm only going to mention them now, and then I'll go into slightly greater detail after the conversation with Mike. Both relate to our YouTube channel. Two new videos coming out, uh, or I should say, are out right now. Audi RS3 review in depth. One of the best video reviews I think we've done to date, and also some footage from our time with Bonhams at the Goodwood members meeting. Both of those are available to look at on YouTube right now. However, feel free to forget that information because I'm gonna dive into this week's episode with Mike, and I will speak to you again straight after. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. Don't forget, you can comment, you can interact, you can engage with us via your preferred social media reviewing platform or podcast listening reviewing platform and writing some nice comments on there. So feel free to do so and I'll catch up with you in a little bit. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Driven Chat podcast. We are back for our 101st episode after a one-week break, the first break that we've ever had. But it's good to be back. It's, uh, it was a bit of a, a test on the senses, really, not being away for a week. Um, but I have come back. It's just me this week. But I've been joined by somebody who's quite special and somebody I'm quite thankful to as well. Because a few weeks ago, as we mentioned on our radio show, 
I had quite an exciting day out with a company called DTO Motorsport. And the summary that I've been coming to on that day is calling it Gran Turismo in real life. That is how I can sum up my experience. I'm going to talk a little bit about that experience today in this week's episode. But joining me is, as you've just heard, the CEO, the founder, the owner of this amazing company, Mike Jordan. Hello, Mike. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Good, good to be on the show. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, firstly, for that amazing day at, uh, at Donington. And thank you also now for inviting me along to your lovely offices. We are here just quite literally outside the circuit boundaries of Silverstone, where today you are putting together quite an amazing day, aren't you, with a collection of cars, some amazing people I've heard have just been helicoptered in from London Battersea Airport, and they're all here having a go in some amazing cars. Is this a fairly typical day for you? Yeah, this is, a, this is what we do at DTO. I mean, it's going to be a very special day for the people um, that we're, we're lucky to have as our guests. Um, we're at the home of British Motorsport today at Silverstone, um, which, which is where our headquarters is as well. Um, so we've fully exclusively hired the F1 track for them. Um, we've put on some great hospitality. More importantly, we've put on some really, really good driver coaches, all who've got great backgrounds, pedigrees, and are racing in exciting championships. And we're going to take that group of individuals through a really special experience. And some of them will have never been on track before. Some of them may well have been on track before, but... Um, yeah, we're, we're comfortable and confident that by the end of today that they will have had a, a brilliant experience, they will have learnt a lot and they'll have some, some great memories and, and stories to tell people after today. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Now I'm obviously very fortunate in the sense that I've now experienced one of your days. I was invited along to Donington where we were joined by none other than 1996 world champion, Formula One world champion, Damon Hill. He came along to, uh, to join him for the day and... I must say, before the event, before I turned up at the event, I was really struggling to place what I could expect from the day out. Because I think most people, when you say, come along and have a go in some supercars or racing cars on a circuit, you expect that kind of red letter day experience of you turn up, you get three or four laps in the car, you're constantly told to rein it in by your instructor in the car, because of course you don't want to damage the car, you don't want to burn through excess fuel or burn through tyres. And I, I guess naively, I maybe thought that that's what I was in for. But within about half an hour of arriving, I realised that was not the case at all. The minute you're in the car, you're paired up with an incredible driving instructor, somebody who most likely has quite a good racing pedigree themselves. And you're being told, not just suggesting, but you're being told to press on. Push harder, push harder, push harder. Just as a quick overview, what is, what is the idea behind that ethos of an event? Yeah, I think um, what we really try and do at DTO Motorsport is we want to give people a lot more. We want to encapsulate the real excitement that is in motorsport. Um, and we want to package that up in a way that's accessible um, for people. And we want to make people feel like they're entering part of that world. So the cars that we use, we use a lot of full-spec race cars um, we, as you rightly said, we use great coaches and we look for three things. We look for an amazing personality. We look for great coaching credentials as well. They've got to be good coaches as well. And we really like the fact they're current race drivers. Mm. Um, and I think when you take that, you start using the data and telemetry that we have fitted to all of our vehicles and you really welcome in an inclusive manner all customers in to learn, to experience more, to 
push their boundaries safely, but be encouraged to do so. I think what you have there is you have the makings of something very, very special. And we're really about the details behind that from the very first time you engage with us all the way through the day to what happens afterwards. We, we like to welcome people into more of a motorsport family. Um, and that's what I think we feel we do very well, is we create um, a really differentiated experience where you go away excited, you've learned something, um, and you've felt included into the world of motorsport, which is what we aim for. Perfect. And are you targeting your days at people that have done a bit of track driving before or somebody who's perhaps never even set foot in a sporty car before? What is your, if you have one, a typical client? It is very varied. I mean, we we have a real wide range. I mean, um, if you actually look at everything we do at DTO Motorsport, we we even run learner driver courses for people on the road. Very carefully curated learner driver packages um, that really give people confidence um, and capability on the road and a driving license, mm. not just a driving license and not, not the previous one. So we do that as a road driving activity. We do advanced driving for people that have gone and purchased very high performance cars or supercars, mm. given again the capability and the confidence to be safe and enjoy those vehicles. And then we have a wide range of track based activities. And to your question, um, some of the people come to us and they've never used. Um, they've never been on track before Mm. Um, and others come to us and they've got some experience they might have even raced and then we go all the way through to people really getting the bug wanting to refine those skills want to prepare for racing want to get their licenses all the way through to our customers that actually race with us so it's really a very broad spectrum um, and we we care about everybody on that spectrum whether it's the first time on a track whether they're or whether they're knocking off those final tenths in preparation for a race. Amazing. Yeah, the day that I turned up with you at Donington, I had Ryan Lindsay as my in-car tutor. And I loved the fact that I turned up, I was given a quick briefing of, here's what we expect of you today. Have you driven circuits before? I'm very fortunate that I have. I've done quite a lot of track driving. Um, dabbled a, a tad in a bit of motorsport stuff as well, but I wouldn't certainly wouldn't class myself as any kind of dynamic driving god, shall we say. Um, but Ryan was so brilliant at identifying my ability so quickly that within two or three corners, I'd say, in the first car, and I've got to cast my mind back, I think the first car we went out in was quite good, actually. It was the, uh, the Cayman GT4, which is a great place to start on a day like that because, of course, the Cayman gives you that ability to... It's such a brilliantly set-up car, isn't it, that it gives, it gives you the ability to drive to the best of your capability without it being too daunting absolutely and yeah ryan sort of identified there was a bit of a squirmy we were we were between rain and and it drying out so there was a few uh, wet bits on the track and there was a bit of a squirm into the first corner red lodge i want to say is that what it's called have i got that name right? red gate yeah. red gate yeah. red gate uh, a bit of a squirm into that corner and managed to catch it a little bit and ryan was like i remember him saying after our first drive he goes once i'd seen how you turned into that skid he was like i knew i could kind of sit back and relax and we could push on a bit harder and that was really refreshing to hear both as a bit of a confidence install as a driver but also to know that these aren't guys in the passenger seat that are going to be like whoa right slow down you're you know you're being a maniac you're going to cause damage to the car and of course it was on a track day as well where there were plenty of other people Mm -hmm. with other driving abilities i think it was an rma track day so you had everything from fairly sporty looking um let's say run-of-the-mill mx5s through to full-on racing cars that are being driven by people of all different abilities and talents so 
there's a lot to take in as, as somebody in that passenger seat who's firstly trying to improve your driver's lines and braking points, acceleration points, as well as keeping an eye on what else is going around. And then, of course, preparing for the next car. Because, of course, when I was there, I had the Cayman GT4. I think I went out then in a M140i, uh, McLaren 720S, mm-hmm. and uh, rounded off the day with the BMW M2 racing car. which was just incredible. I mean, what an array of cars. And Ryan sat with me in every single car, of course, then took the knowledge of the previous driving to the next car Mm -hmm. and was able to push me further and further and further. So yeah, such an amazingly new and refreshing way to experience different cars on track in different conditions. And the other thing I noticed as well is the fact that unlike any other experience company, you go along to one of these events, you've got this line of beautiful cars you can drive, but as well as that, there's also a facility inside one of the pit lane garages, including a driving sim. But then next door, you've got all your engineers and technicians, spare tires, spare fuel, tools, tweaking the car, working on the car. I think we switched between wet tires and slick tires in the times that I was out in the car just to get a real difference and feel. Talk me through where all of this comes from in the sense of why it's so important for you to allow a customer like me to come along and experience a day and have that variation of, of experience. Sure. So, um, so the day that, 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 you, that you enjoyed was, was one of our experience days where intentionally you try a, a range of vehicles um, which give you different experiences, um, which get you to learn really how different types of, some of them are road cars, some of them full-blown race cars, how they perform mm. and respond. And, and that's a very popular um, option um, with, you know, with, with our customers. But at our heart, um, we are motorsport. Mm-hmm. Um, we, as you talk about, you know, our engineering team, which is headed up by, um, by Eddie, he's, he's, he's a race mechanic at heart. And so the infrastructure that we put around the business is what you would expect if you're racing. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we will be swapping tyres over. Yes, all of the mechanics that are working on the car are race mechanics, and they work with our race team as well. So the care and the attention on the engineering side is absolutely you know, really as, as high as it can get because we have to operate as a competitive race team. So you get that as well. Um, you know, Karun Chandok is our head of motorsport, um, uh, and we like having you know Karun with us giving... You know, he works closely with me and the broader team, really thinking and refining about how we create a very special day on the learning side of it as well. So in the experience day, yes, you swap between different vehicles, but every single one of those vehicles has data and telemetry running on them. And we can, we can pull off from that how hard you're pressing the brake, mm. how hard you're using the throttle. We can overlay laps. So we could overlay Ryan's lap and your lap. And we can look at that and you will you know, have done data sessions where you've worked through that. So ultimately, we take what we try and do is we tra- take the skills, the expertise, the technical side um, of motorsport. We blend that with real customer centricity. And what we mean by that is making you feel part of it. Mm-hmm. We're not impersonal. Um, we're not cold. We're welcoming. We're warm. We're wanting to build relationships with people. And then we do some good hospitality around it chuck in some amazing driver coaches um, and that is what we think the formula is and, and actually we're per, we're constantly refining it and mm. we're constantly thinking what is it we do next how do we elevate the experiences 
Some people will go from a pure experience day like yours to then focus on one vehicle, mm. and they'll just pick like that M2 that you talked about. There are that they are M2 race cars yeah. built by BMW's um, racing division. They're a ground-up race car. Um, the M2 competition is a great road car, mm -hmm. but it is nothing no. compared to an M2 race car. Um, and yeah, lots of people then want to concentrate on that, refine their skills with their. You know, maybe with Ryan, with one of our other coaches, and, and keep learning and keep evolving. Mm. And we like to, to help them along that journey. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it is just, it's so hard to try and describe to listeners without, and again, without it sounding like a big glorified advert, because it's just such an incredible day. And it's genuine. The enthusiasm and the excitement mm -hmm. from, from what I took away from that day is, is so genuine. It's so real. Um, I'd like to dig into your past, if that's all right, just to kind of find out how you've ended up here. Because this is this is a company that I'm sure if anyone that has any kind of vague interest in cars, in motorsport, in a bit of track driving, this is the kind of thing that people aspire to. They think, oh, one day I'll have a company with a collection of cars and access to motorsport circuits and amazing drivers and racing drivers. How did this all come about? Because I've got some notes here and, and feel free to fill in any gaps or, sure. or correct me where I'm wrong. You come from a bit of a corporate background. I'm seeing brands like American Express. Has this, have you always had a kind of a passion for experiences and hospitality? Does that directly come from the roles you were doing in the corporate world? It does to some extent. I mean, I look, as a kid growing up, um, I loved my cars. I had the posters on the wall dates me a bit kind of Lamborghini Countach's Ferrari <laughs> Testarossas things like that um, so I like my cars um, work wise um, I did spend quite a bit of time at American Express spent about 15 years there wow um, did a lot of different roles traveled a lot with them um, and I did I sat on the board of part of their businesses across the Middle East and we developed some very high-end luxury premium products mm -hmm. black Amex cards we launched in different markets and that gave me a good sense of really how you curate an experience mm. and how you really think about it from almost like a concierge perspective but underneath that I was I was fortunate to be able to buy myself quicker cars mm. um, I was misguidedly thinking that as the cars were getting more powerful with bigger brakes and greater mechanical grip somehow or other my driving skill was <laughs> follow, following on the same trajectory um, started to realize that might not be the case when I bought a Ferrari 599 which scared me um, <laughs> And then I got a little bit into motorsport, and I you know, got my race license, I raced a caterham. But as I was doing that, a couple of things became apparent to me. Firstly, it was hard for me to navigate, right, well, I want to get into racing. What do I do? How do I get a driver coach? Do I really want to be towing this caterham around all the time? Mm. What if I get there and I think got a mechanical problem with it? That, mm. was, that was like, how do I navigate that? The other thing is I was starting to do more um, driver experiences, mm -hmm. a number of them manufacturer-led, and I felt that two things. I thought the manufacturer-led experiences, and I, I, won't, I won't name I felt a number of them were quite impersonal, mm. and I felt I was just being very rapidly moved between vehicles to fit in with a timetable and not having a consistent coach. Yeah. And they were high price point products with luxury vehicles and on the racing side I just like how do I navigate this how do I work out you know what to do next who's who can I go to and trust mm. to guide me in that sense and that's where I thought the gap was um, then 
based on a number of you know, changes. I left Amex, I moved to Belgium, I ran a group of financial services businesses in Belgium. I came back to the UK after doing that, after we sold that business. Um, and now I have a, a mixture of companies I'm involved with. I'm, I run a technology business, that's what I spend quite a lot of time doing. Um, and some business partners, Hambledon Capital and myself, really had the vision to create something very, very differentiated, mm -hmm. which really served all of your kind of automotive and motorsport desires. Mm. And as the roads are getting either more congested or more kind of regulated in terms of, you know, traffic cameras, etc., and they're really they're not the places mm. to try and push a car like a McLaren 720s, you know, even a quarter of the way to its limit. We feel that this is a really interesting, growing area of experiences. And I think in general, people are going to move from asset ownership mm. to really exciting experiences and are feeling like they belong to something and they're learning. And we've taken the concept of that from what we knew from kind of the Amex concierge style products. My business partners run a lot of wealth management businesses. But then we've taken our real passion for motorsport and said, how do we want to be treated? What would be a really special day? What are the cars we really want to go in? Wouldn't it be exciting if my instructor was a British touring car driver? Wouldn't it be amazing if the person analyzing my data was a Formula One world champion? What if the cars were brilliantly maintained? What if it felt like I had a race team looking after me on that day? And what if the hospitality on boarding was brilliant? And um, that was our concept. I mean, I've got to be honest, most of that concept has been brought to life by Danny in the company. She visualizes this and translates, which are you know, kind of rough sentences um, from me into <laughs> what people feel and touch and see, whether it's liveries, social media, how we run it or how the days are designed. She converts that into a reality. Um, and we're always trying to improve that. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Well, it works, let me assure Thank you. you. In Thank every you aspect. So much. Because, of course, as you're talking there about the different aspects of it and, and what you're hoping that people will experience, I'm kind of ticking them all off in my head. And it was, you know, I did for a day. I felt like I was part of a motorsport team. There were people, you know, Lifting the car with the uh, that am air jacks, amazing yeah. air jacks. still cool to me to this day. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah All cars should have air jacks. Yeah, it's so <laughs> true. It's so true. Uh, but also, that uh, the point that you made there about the... Uh, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think five, ten years from now, the idea of a lot of people, especially cars with internal combustion engines, being cars that people own, yeah. is going to reduce massively. And even now, too, you know, we look at companies like Auto Vivendi that have timeshare effect. I'm sure there's a better, better term for it than timeshare. But effectively, you, you sign up to a subscription. You have access to a garage full of amazing cars. You book your slot and you can have an Aventador tour that you have a share in for a weekend or for a week. And then the week after that, you might get something a bit more practical but still very special like a SVR Range Rover. I think that is the world is definitely moving in that direction. But also... It's no secret to a lot of people that owning a McLaren 720S is it's quite an undertaking, isn't it, when it comes to the spend. But not only that, but then owning one and then driving it on the road is expensive. Driving it on track when you're factoring in going through tyres, going through brake pads, mm. increased number of engine services, that yeah. sort of stuff, it turns into quite an expensive thing, doesn't it? So this is such a great way of understanding, firstly, 
okay, I might have the bank balance to go and buy a 720S, but is it that good? Are you gonna, are you gonna find out how good it is on a test drive on the road? No. If you're gonna go to Donington and have mm. a professional racing driver sat in the passenger seat going, no, brake later, much later, you can turn in much faster, you're gonna get the true understanding of how good that car is. And in fact, even as somebody who is a motoring journalist and drives an awful lot of cars, I had no idea until the point that I was getting out of that 720S of just how capable that car was. I've driven them before, but only ever on the road. And I've always thought, yeah, you know, quite a good sporty supercar. I had no idea how good it was on track. No idea. That bizarre kind of almost floaty back-end feeling where as you're going into the corner on the brakes, it feels like the back is kind of like lifting off. And But it just it all made sense and I feel like if I was to experience that for the first time on the road I'd be a bit scared and maybe think oh is it actually a bit ropey but of course in that environment that motorsport environment it all seemed to make perfect sense and it was great the other point you made as well was quite an interesting one that made a little light bulb in my head turn on which is of course the other common trait of anyone that's earned a bit of money has a huge passion for motorsport and wants to have a go at racing is how do you know where to go like mm. as in not necessarily how do I get started and get a license but what series do I want to race in do I want to race in caterums? Do I want to race in Ginettas? Do I want to race in you know, BMW race car competitions? That sort of thing. So this is such a great day and a taster to give you an overview of all the different types of car handling characteristics to kind of give you a better idea of what you're going into. I, I kind of think of it as the idea of thinking, yeah, I want to go to uni and I think I want to study that. And then maybe a year or two into the course going, actually, is this what I want to be doing? I'm not quite sure. So this idea that you can go along, drive all these different cars and then go, right, that's it. BMW racing car, that's the one for me I definitely feel like I was most comfortable in. Therefore, you can push forward. So do you help in that aspect as well? If somebody comes along and says, right, that M2 completely rocked my world. I want to be racing those on a grid. Don't care how much it costs. Put me there. Is that something you can help with? Yes, it is. So, so, so there's a couple of points that you make there. I mean, I think, I think just going back to the first one where you talk about the 720s and learning. What, I mean, the first of all, all right. I mean, like if if you're changing the discs on that car mm. and you're burning them up, it's probably about sixteen thousand pounds worth yeah. of brake discs on those cars. So um, they're expensive bits of kit to run on track, and you need a lot of support around it. I mean, we need spare wheels all of the time. We need have different tires for slightly different conditions and things like that so that's an undertaking you know if, you, if you've got a supercar there's a lot of difference between driving on a country lane on a sunday morning or potentially like parking somewhere on the king's road versus <laughs> hammering it around silverstone yeah. so i think you know it gives you an opportunity to experience those sort of cars i mean we've just we've just bought a gt2 rs visac wow um which we'll Manti Racing convert probably in a month or so. Um, it's already, those cars are 30 seconds a lap quicker around the Nürburgring than a 720S. Wow. It's the far, it's 11 seconds faster than a Senna Christ. around the Nürburgring. Without any shadow of doubt, that is not a car you want to be pushing like anywhere near the limit on the A45. <laughs> no. And it's not a car I would suggest you should put the, push the limit unless you're got a bit of skill that we can build up and you might learn it in the 718 gt4 and then we'll yeah. get you into that sort of vehicle but then you can access really the performance of the pinnacle of you know track cars it's the fastest production track car mm. you know in the world around the the nurburgring but but the, the next point that you talk about is okay so so this this world of motorsport how do you get into it i think for quite a few of our clients 
There's also a decision to be made about how do I make this time accessible? So a lot of people come to us and actually one of the biggest barriers is how do I fit this in with a busy diary? Mm. And that requires us to help them on that planning. That's more the concierge element of it. And it help, we're quite honest with people about what we think they should be learning in, what we think they should be mm -hmm. racing in, and how much time commitment they'll need to, for example, race a 570 GT4 McLaren. Mm -hmm. We run those cars, we think they're fabulous cars, and they are very approachable, actually. It's a very approachable car. But everybody's different, and they'll need to put different time into it. Mm -hmm. They'll need to learn that vehicle. They'll need to learn how to drive it in different conditions, and they have to learn different tracks. And we can guide them through all of that process. Um, you know, today we've had guests that have arrived. Yeah, they've arrived by helicopter. Um, we can get somebody from Battersea um, to Silverstone in just under 20 minutes. That still blows my mind. Yeah, they're quick. <laughs> yeah, that's just what the helicopters do. So if you've got certain people with certain budget, but they might have massive time commitments, yeah, yeah. we can make that a reality. You know, we've we can we've had somebody need to be back in London for a dinner and think they need to cancel a day and they didn't. They were able wow. to you know, get out of a car at 4.45 and land at Battersea Helipad at 5.07. Mm. So everything's possible. Yeah. Um, now, let's be, let's be open about it. That degree of, if I want to learn 570 GT4, mm. I want to be heliing in and out. For that's a high budget activity, yeah. which works for a certain audience. And we can absolutely support that. We can support programs all over Europe, etc. From our base in Silverstone, we travel everywhere. But just as important for us is are those people that come to us maybe just once for an experience day that they've been like been looking forward to is like you know, really the highlight. You know, how else would I get to drive a 720 McLaren? Mm. How else would I, you know, get to spend the day with you know with Damon or with yeah. Karun or with Johnny Herbert or other people that we work with? Um, uh, and, and we care about all of those elements just the same. But if you want to get into racing and you want some people to guide you through all of that, even down to what crash helmet? I want to have it designed a certain way. What race suit? <laughs> We've got clients that see us as the concierge, their entry into that world. And, and we guide them through all of it. And we make it fun. It's got to be fun. Yeah. It has to be fun. It's got to be minimize the hassle maximize the learning maximize the fun and that's what we that's what we try to do across all of us our products fantastic and it's so true isn't it because of course we're all here we're all like this industry ultimately because it's fun chances are something happened in our childhood that kind of triggered something it turned on a light bulb and suddenly cars became this magical amazing thing didn't yeah it? absolutely that suddenly injected something into our veins so the minute it stops being fun it kind of takes away the whole point doesn't it? i think so particularly when when you you know when you get to my age and you realize there's absolutely zero chance of anybody ever selecting you um on a professional basis to enjoy what you're doing <laughs> um it's got to be fun you know it's an experience that people are paying for that mm. creates memories creates friendships creates we've got a lot of our clients that um have met other people on days with us, and they're okay. in touch, and yeah, yeah, and they then they they then join each other again on different days. So yeah, it's got to be fun at its core. Yeah, 
And if there's some business deals to be done at the, uh, at the lunch tables, then that's a bonus. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's go back um, a little bit to, I'd, I'd be fascinated to learn about those early years for you. And if, did you come from a background where you had access to big, expensive, exciting cars? Or was that always something that was slightly out of reach? Um, I start, well, right at the beginning. Yeah. So my like, first car was a gold Opel Manta Berlinetta <laughs> 1.8 with 90 horsepower rear wheel drive. 13-inch alloy wheels. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it had been kept beautifully by a retired engineer. Um, and then I got it, and I cared about it a lot. Um, and I remember oversteering that car <laughs> and clipping the back of it on, on a lane, not knowing oh, really? what I was doing. Um, and then I went from there to a Citroen AX GT, which was, still <laughs> seems a car. I'd like one of them again. That was a crazy car. It was only 80 horsepower, but it weighed nothing. Um, so I started, like, I reckon most people did in, like, little hot hatches. They were the, they were the things, or the Opel Manta was like a, like a, a tepid hatch, maybe. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it was over time I built into quicker stuff. It was, yeah, yeah and I built into quicker and quicker things. But for me, there genuinely was that moment. I think the first genuinely quick car I bought was I bought myself a, an Esprit V8 twin oh, right, turbo yeah. um, and when it worked which wasn't always <laughs> but when it worked it was quick yeah it was genuinely quick and you could build speed fast um, and it was pretty lively um, and then I started to realize actually uh, just having more power just having more grip mm. um, doesn't make you a better driver and what you really realize when you properly learn and then you have that humbling moment when you then go out the professional racing driver and you see what they're able to extract <laughs> out of a vehicle yeah you then realize look for the vast majority of people you know on the road they are using a fraction of the performance mm. envelope of those cars Cars today, I mean, like little hatchbacks today, are quicker than 911 turbos were when I was a kid. Completely. They are so high performance. But what I really enjoy now is being able in a controlled environment to really start to operate in that performance window of the car that it, it where it was designed mm. by the designers. Yeah. Where, and you can't do that on the road. You no. really can't. Take the 718 GT4. Mm. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
It's not the most powerful car out there. It's 400 and something horsepower. It's got a quick PDK box. It's got a really great chassis. Mm -hmm. You can't get that car to dance and dance with that car on the road. You can on a track. And it's accessible. And the traction helps you a bit. It doesn't intervene too much. And you get to experience really the joy of using those cars for what they were built for, Mm. which is not getting snarled up on the M25. (laughs) It's not, you know, cruising down the King's Road at eight miles an hour, you know, the sports exhaust. It's really enjoying them. And, you know, we do some great overseas stuff, Mm. like like Spa, like Portimao. And some of those circuits, like a nice trip down there, maybe in your own vehicle, use our vehicles down there, Mm -hmm. some great dinners. That's a great experience. Um, And you see us moving more this year into experiences that are much more than just on the track. Mm -hmm. Um, We're doing a fair bit of stuff. We're doing what we call it um, drive and dine this year. So like, you know, spend a day enjoying cars on track with, say, for example, we're doing with, with Damon Hill, but yeah. then intimate dinner with Damon Hill in the evening, which mm. is great. I mean, the stories, these Corinne and Damon and that got is great. We did a really good live screening of one of the Formula One races last year. Just yeah. We just welcomed some of our top customers to it, um, and we did some live, Corinne did some live commentary for us. And I think building that sense of community, that sense of experience is really, really important in what we do. And giving people that opportunity that to build a passion in motorsport and automotive yeah. um, underneath it. Got you. And what do you think these days about? I mean, you referenced a couple of times the inability to get the most out of a car, a performance car on the road. Yeah. Do you still enjoy driving fast cars on the road, or do you find yourself driving something a bit more sedate? Um, I, yeah, I, I, I do own some fast cars. Um, I did spend about six months just driving a Defender, the new shape <laughs> Defender. Um, I don't drive quickly on the road mm. in the same way. Now, I, you know, I think that maybe we, years ago we, we might have driven differently. Sure. Um, I do enjoy the performance of performance vehicle. I, I drive a Turbo S, a 911 right. Turbo S, which I think is, is a great daily, very reliable yeah. four-wheel drive, any weather, and I can just sit on the motorway in that um but i get my i get my thrill out of yeah i love donnington as a track that you went to i mean i think yeah it's a great track i love silverstone um i love i I like a lot of the circuits that for me is a really special day Mm. and i think you know where we're really evolving to is you're going to see the coalescence of electric and autonomous Mm -hmm. um you know we're seeing some you know the new um so the new Mercedes EQS is level three autonomous. So in Germany, that can completely drive itself up to yeah. 40 odd miles an hour. Um, I think more level three will come out. Um, there'll be more LiDAR used. There'll be more V2V, vehicle to vehicle connectivity. We'll go a lot more autonomous. Mm. Um, electric is a very different driving experience at the moment. Yeah. Um, yes, it's hugely accelerative and zero, you know, like maximum torque from zero. Um, but I think internal combustion engine um, on the track as an experience with great coaches, whether that track is a shared day like RMA. Mm-hmm. I mean, Leighton and the guys do an amazing job at RMA. Yeah, they, do. they really do. We also do exclusive stuff as well. 
Um, but I think that's where it needs to go. Yeah. And I think it's where it will go. Yeah. It's a common talking topic, certainly in the journalist circles of the automotive industry, about the future of internal combustion engines. Obviously, we know that for the consumer, for the average consumer, yeah. they're going to be going into showrooms in only a few years now, and everything will have to, at the very least, have some sort of plug-in hybrid technology yeah. involved. There's, there's going to be nothing purely powered by a, an internal combustion engine, i.e. petrol or diesel, certainly in the UK. I know that other countries around the world are slightly behind. But what do you think is the vision for things like motorsport use? Do you, do you still see a lot of manufacturers putting time and money and effort into purely performance ice-powered cars for the kind of events that you're running or track day, just track day toys or not necessarily full-blown racing cars, but something that somebody's able to, even if they're just trailing it to a track without number plates on and enjoying it. Do you think that's something that will continue? Look, I, I think there's a, there's a lot within that question. I think, you know, clearly we're seeing motorsport um, adopt mm. or... Um, hybrid technologies um, whether that's f1 whether it's even touring car this year mm-hmm. um you know they've removed the ballast and you've got now the, the yeah. hybrid bit i mean the new f1 regs in 2026 um are gonna uh, are gonna uh, well use mg uk but it will it will again be hybrid that's why mm-hmm. audi and porsche at last saying that's that it. they're going to join it yeah. so i think you're going to see hybridization taking over more of motorsport i think the pure electric series we've got extreme e we've got formula e we've got some other ones mm-hmm. coming alongside it i think they're gathering pace um and clearly that's the direction i mean some very exciting stuff i mean like the mcmurty car that's come out which is like a proper fan car mm. that is potentially offering lap times around like silverstone within 10 seconds of an f1 car wow um, I mean, there's some really exciting edge case stuff yeah. around that i think if we go more mainstream um there's a lot of there's a lot of internal combustion engine cars already out there that we can enjoy and use on track. Oh yeah, we 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 see more of a tendency for people to say, look, I want to do more track-based stuff. You see more tracks opening up. I think there are going to be niche manufacturers um, producing more track-focused vehicles. Um, yeah, so I think I think the future's on. I think I think the clear trends we're going to see is that we. A little bit like horses used to be used for transport and now they're used for recreation mm-hmm. i think that's how kind of driven cars may go yeah um we will logically go more autonomous it enables the road network to be fully utilized yep. properly stops congestion there um so i think we're on a path but i think that path ultimately for me, which is the good news for DTO Motorsport, <laughs> I think it's the good news. It's why we like the company. It's why we thought it was a good idea to create it. Um, we think there is a significant growth in driving as a, as a recreation, yeah. driving as a skill, as an experience, as a recreation. And we think the right place for that ultimately is track-based, mm-hmm not against people enjoying high-performance cars on the road. Mm. I think that comes with a duty of care about skill. Of course. Um, but, yeah, I, I see this as a growing as a growing market. Um, and I think that we still love 812 Superfasts because <laughs> they've got big V12 engines in them. Um, whether they'll do that again or not, I don't know. Mm. So, yeah, let's, let's keep the internal combustion engine. Let's keep a few manual gearboxes out there. Um, yeah. And let's let the autonomous electric car you know, save us from traffic jams and we can then enjoy the weekends more or the weekdays more on track. 
Yeah. Are you quite ready for electric yet as a daily on the road, or are you still holding on to I'm close. Yeah? I'm close. Um, I've driven a, a number of them. Mm. Um, I think they fit in a particular category for me. I mean, like the new i7 or something. Yeah. I think is a good... I think for me, like, was it 360-mile range? <laughs> Obviously, it's far too quick acceleratively. They all are. Um, <laughs> it's got, you know, it's got a ton of tech in it. I think that's probably a comfortable, pretty autonomous. It's not level three, but it's got a good degree of... I think that's good. Yeah. I think that, that works for a lot of journeys. I still, I also like the kind of little um, electric kind of run around, like mm. pop to the shops, 500e, Fiat, things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, of course. I've yeah. even got an order in for a, one of the little car company, Have you? Tamiya, <laughs> Tamiya yes. cars, which Brilliant. I believe is coming in 2023, which obviously is not going to be very practical. But um. <laughs> So you're going for the uh, the on-the-road package as well, then? Yeah. The number plates and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we've, done, we've done a bit of work at, uh, at Driven Chat with, uh, with a little car company, and the minute that they announced that that was coming, that the, yeah. the build-it-yourself Tamiya... Yeah. Full scale car. We all kind of jumped up and down and got excited. That's so, very exciting. Yeah, we're, we're pestering them weekly, going, "Is, is the concept ready? Yes, we yeah. can have a play." Um, yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. I think that, and and you're so right. You know, I think BMW. I'm glad you mentioned BMW actually, because I think they they're kind of doing something that a lot of the other man, other manufacturers are being a bit wary of. I seem to I'm confused about the this apparent need for every EV to be a weird looking SUV everything's kind of like a weird kind of crossover size not quite full fat suv but it's just it doesn't quite look yeah. like a car like we're used to but bmw have just announced their i4 model which i had a yep. quick drive of a couple of weeks ago thought it was absolutely incredible now of course the i7 yeah these look like cars they look like cars they, they handle like cars it's a car as we know and love without it being a weird kind of confusing blobby looking suv they have also launched the got IX, some of them which as is well, a bit weird yeah. but you know we'll, yeah. we'll, We'll, we'll give them a nod for at least keeping a couple of uh, car-looking cars on the road. Uh, yeah. Now, flipping my previous question on its head slightly about the, the future of cars and, of course, mm. how cars might change and how that might affect um, the days that you're putting together with DTO, do you think there's any scope for you going back in time a little bit and maybe getting out some historic racing cars, historic sports cars, and allowing those to be included on the fleet? So we've got a couple of ideas around this stuff. Um, so one of them is not directly related to something you said, but I've got a real desire um, to... So, so what's the ultimate dream for a lot of people? It would be to drive a Formula One car. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there are people that... There are places you can do that, mm-hmm. in inverted commas where you might be able to go somewhere in France and you might be able to get a lap and a half or two laps or whatever. But the truth is you're not really using a Formula One car. Mm -hmm. So if we go back to the previous example with the 718 GT4, what's nice about that car is with a bit of training and a circuit, you can feel that car dance. You can feel that car on the limit. You can be at one with the car. Just like you said at Redgate, Mm -hmm. the car was a little bit squirmy you knew what to do i love the notion that we could take people and fulfill the dream of making them quick enough in an f1 car to get it working wow yeah so not to be you know the lap time of you know a lando <laughs> norris or whoever that might be 
but get them to a point where they're experiencing the performance envelope of that mm. type of vehicle because that's got to be the pinnacle. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about that is the journey's fun too. Of course. So one of the things that we're looking at at the moment is how do we take people and take them on a single-seater journey from like an F4 to an F3 and then into um, an F1 car. Mm. So that's that for me. And that w- we would probably look at, you know, the normally aspirated F1 cars, which just sound mega. Um, but we'd have to approach that. And with Karun and I, I mean, Karun's obviously wildly experienced in this space. We've spoken through, you know, exactly how are we going to construct that for, you know, a handful of people? How do we put that together as a proper program that will probably evolve over a 12 to 24 months mm. and it'll include a bit of fitness within it, it'll include all the capabilities? Great. That excites me. So that for me is like a pinnacle thing. Yeah. Um, I do think also um, on the driving skills side, you know, driving classics or driving older sports cars uh, we don't have the TC mm-hmm. might be a little bit more excitable and things like that different tyres although we can change the tyre technology a bit now I think that's an interesting space mm. um, classic racing I think is a is a, is a bit of a, a different game yeah. I'm not sure you'll see us in the next year or so get into classic racing mm-hmm. um, but we but we might put something a little bit more classic into some of the experience offerings. Nice. Yeah. Any clues, or is, are we leaving that um, open? Look, there are thing there are, there are, there are a number of different things I like. I, I do like the absurdity of some of the you know the big like Falcon stuff. But that's bonkers. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously everybody likes you know a Cobra. Some of the E types yeah. are quite quite fun, but also you know like, like Lotus Cortinas mm. things like that quite quite an exciting thing and they hark back to the youth of you know seeing like some of us you know what what, what we liked um we haven't made any fixed decisions on that i really like the pinnacle single seater stuff mm. we do already have like classic driver kind of road driver programs cool. around that as well um yeah i think that's where we probably look fair enough sounds good i i mean i'm, I'm nodding along going yep yeah, this all sounds good and i'm sure a lot of people listening at home listening to some of the cars you mentioned I just love the F1 concept I really I think that'd be brilliant so you're thinking you said naturally aspirated so V8 Mm. or maybe even V10 or probably V8 yeah probably V8 I guess that was the sweet spot wasn't it of amazing engineering blisteringly fast without it getting too complex and too much to manage and then anything before then I guess is a bit fragile and a bit more specialist yeah Yeah. and you you need to take you've got to make it to look it's not going to be it's not going to be the cheapest program mm. but you've got to make it you know within the realms of accessibility yeah. um, and I think you know what's nice about it is the earlier stages in the F4 and the F3s mm. that's good and you know you're learning single seater you're learning aero yeah of course and, and aero's a real change for a lot of people yeah um, and you know that can be fun and and I think then to, to ha- I love the notion of having a small group of people that go on that journey like almost doing like little cohorts of like and we wrap around it some great experiences at great tracks throughout Europe and I think I think that's that's exciting and you know obviously we've got access to the right people to run and 
run the cars, train the people, and also put on a really fabulous experience for drivers and actually non-drivers that come along on the events as well. Um, so yeah, I like, there'll be, there'll be more on that one. We'll be doing a lot more overseas in general. Great. Because we really set the business up in, we, we launched the business conceptually, then actually launched it just before COVID. Ah. Literally just before. Yeah. And the weird thing is people say, well, that must have been a, a disaster. That must have been a nightmare. Now, clearly, it's not great from a revenue perspective. Mm. What it did do is it gave us the real time to think through mm-hmm. exactly what we're trying to put together because you were forced to. Yeah. Um, and we had enough conviction about what we were creating that you know, we just kept going and said there was no COVID and there was revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that puts us in good stead now. We're all, um, we're all pleased to be back and interacting and experiencing things. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that. good time for that. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. So other than uh, obviously starting a business mid-COVID, that's, that's, always a, that's always going to be a challenge. I'd be fascinated to learn about some of the, the other kind of day-to-day challenges that come with running a business like mm. this. I mean, we mentioned earlier about you know, the cost of a set of brake discs for a, a McLaren. Not, yep. not exactly cheap. And it can't really phone up Eurocar parts and get them to come down a little van with a new set for a couple of hundred quid. There must be so, you know, financially, this, this must be quite a, at times, scary, I guess, company to run in this sense that on a busy day, you've got a collection of these supercars going out, all burning through tyres, all burning through discs. What else is there to think about in the sense of the challenges that come with putting on an operation like this? Um, I think the way that well, we designed the company in a bit of an unusual manner, um, well, maybe unusual compared to other like like race team like companies. Um, the challenge for us is to in is to really always think through that process of like how do you make it better? Yeah. You know, and we do a lot of work on like debriefing after all of our days and th- and things like that. So if you look at the company, we're kind of split into kind of events and operations. Mm-hmm. You know, Emma runs that for us. She used to work, I mean, she used to work agency side, but built, designed, ran all of McLaren's European lifestyle events. Right. So it gets logistically complex. Mm-hmm. It gets logistically complex. And having a really good eye for detail and the complexity around that is important, particularly in the summer months. Mm-hmm. So we've got people racing with us. We've got multiple... Um, events going on our experience events our driver training events today we've got a really big exclusive hire of silverstone mm-hmm. so there is just pure logistical complexity that's inherent if you want to run a business like this in a busy state mm-hmm. and sure yeah there is heavy financial load on a business like this so what you need to do is you have to drive utilization mm-hmm. yeah but you have to drive utilization with, without impairing quality so that's there's a lot of logistical complexity. That's the first bit. Um, we have to be very um, honest with ourselves about where we spot things that we think aren't you know, at the level that we want it to be. Mm-hmm. So we're very focused on you know, if anything goes wrong, we you know on service recovery and what are the learnings. I think the second you become complacent in a service offering that's high end. Then it's uh, the traje- your direction of travel's wrong. Then I mean, yeah. and that's kind of more of my kind of 
corporate learnings on that sort of, of thing when we yeah. you know we were launching at Amex big scaled products that were high premium and high price in nature you've got to do that so I think they're the key things for us it's mm. like logistical event um, complexity on the engineering side what Eddie leads is like you know busy workshop of vehicles being stripped prepped prepared with race cars in and out doing all of that sort of thing as well um, and then I don't I think the actual client side of it we just love that you know mm. we love talking we like talking about cars yeah we like talking about motorsport we like building relationships with new clients we like talking to people that just might be a prospective client mm. in the future we like going to we were at Chelsea Wash um, weekend just gone. Um, Piston Distillery were there and yeah. Gumball Three Thousand. Yeah, it was gr- it was a great event. It was just a great day out, mm. talking to people about about cars and their passion for it. Um, and yeah, so so that that never feels like a pressure. No, I think if you keep your eye on the details and you manage the logistical complexity, and you always have the true passion and excitement for bringing great products to market that people love and enjoy and you, you keep refining that I think I think you're in a good place yeah and as as the customer as the person that enjoyed it albeit I didn't pay for it I should, I should make that very clear <laughs> um, but I, I think you're nailing it I really mm-hmm. do and as I say and I, I said this in fact on the day when I turned up and I was met by Danny I was met by Georgie as well and it is always fascinating as somebody that comes from an event background so my event background just to fill in a gap in case you're unaware is I, I was head of the uh, production logistics for Gumball 3000 for a good right. few years so of course I then I now look at all sorts of different big event companies and productions and think oh gosh that's amazing or that could be better you become a critic of, of almost everything I ran a, a company that specialized in organizing uh, driving holidays and car tours all over the world so again you look at anybody else that's putting on an, any kind of experiential event and always go into it with the critic's eye but within 10 minutes or so of turning up at Donington to this amazing pit garages which are for anyone that's not seen a Donington pit garage it's a grey box with a grey floor a grey ceiling and grey walls and suddenly I walked into a carpeted room with mugs on the wall where everyone had their own name on the mug and there was coffee there and there's a driving simulator there are sofas to sit down and there are computers on one wall to go through driving analytics and I thought Oh, no, this is something a bit special. Like this, this really works. And again, it comes through in the staff. Mm. Everyone was just so welcoming, and it didn't matter how experienced you were. Again, put the driving side of things to one side. That can be daunting in itself. But also, just turning up to a racing track can be quite daunting. Not knowing anything about everyone else that's going to be on the circuit at the same time, or sharing the car park with you, or having lunch with you. You just don't know. And yet, the staff were all so welcoming and didn't matter who you were, where you'd come from, everyone was there as welcome as everyone else. And it was just, it was just brilliant. So yeah. No, I'm Great to hear. There's your feedback as your Thank mystery you. shopper. It's, Thank you. It's gone really well. And yeah, I think um, it's going to be fascinating to see how this grows because yeah, you've indicated your kind of ideas of how you hope things might move forward. I personally yep. think the idea of F1 cars is, is really exciting. But is there anything else in the pipeline before we wrap up? Just... Is there anything that you're working towards? And this can be both for the business, yep. but also for you personally. Is there anything that you're thinking, God, I've always wanted maybe a particular car that you haven't had access yeah, to so, yet? Yeah, so, so a couple of things. I, I, fleet expansion. We're going to do yeah. much broader fleet expansion um, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we've we've already started on that. I mean, the GT2 RS was part of that. Um, But we're going to go much broader on fleet expansion. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to um, kind of double down on our kind of driver training, like that journey between enthusiast to racer and filling that in for people as a as a, as a learning journey we're going to do a lot more on that mm. um, you'll see a lot more overseas capability I mean we've got it anyway we've got logistical infrastructure to to be in different places but really knitting that together mm. with some exciting experiences um, I think is, is is where where a lot of it will go um, I, I think that's that's a, that's a key thing for us I think racing will continue I think racing will grow mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I do think our racing, we, as I said, we've got racing in our DNA as well. Yeah. So it's you know really fun. I mean, uh, we've got Aston Miller who's driving Ginetta Super Cup, um, and we'll be at Brands Hatch on the. I think it's the. I get my dates wrong here. It's like the weekend of the 14th, 15th, or something. Mm-hmm. I'm supporting British touring car. I mean, that will be super exciting for the team. Yeah. Um, we're running um, the Formula Woman cars. Um, they'll be out in Snetterton in June. That's great. We're working with them and their training program. That's exciting stuff for us as well. But I think the, the key things you'll see, fleet expansion, continuing to get some really exciting cars within the fleet, mm. both race and some very high-end track cars. That will be good. Are more experience-based activities UK and Europe and even more focus on driver training and then we've got other things like you know when you're talking about walking into that Donington environment we've already got vision for what we know what that environment really should look like and it's elevated to levels beyond I mean some of the levels might be a little bit crazy but you know we've got we've got a vision of where we're going to take that like track side experience to a completely different space Mm -hmm. like in a way that people would just not believe what they're they're seeing, and you know, we get inspiration from that everywhere. Yeah, we yeah. get inspiration from high-end airport lounges, from um, things we see in F1, to all sorts of things we see in our lives. You know, we, we, well, I say we. That's Danny <laughs> gets that. You know, and we'll knit that together into an evolved product. Yeah. But we want to meet more people. We want to give more individuals great days um, and great memories and great experiences and we want to you know we want them if they can keep coming back keep learning and really help fuel their passion for for motorsport fantastic well long may it continue and just on that personal level is there anything that you're kind of looking towards anything car wise there doesn't uh, have to be so I, i'd like to um i'd like to do a bit of racing this year at some point cool that I've just got to fit that. I do, I do a lot of travel. Mm. Um, I run a technology business as well, so I do a lot of travel for that. I'm off to Australia tomorrow for the second time in three weeks. <laughs> um, so I want to get on a racetrack and race myself. Mm. That's number one. I'd like, probably like to do that in the 570 GT4 yeah, McLaren. So I might try and do a round in British GT. Um, if I can get myself to a level where I'm not embarrassingly slow. <laughs> um, what car... Um, I really want a Senna. Oh, I do yeah. really want a McLaren Senna. Um, I've bought the number plate. Have I you? bought it a while ago. <laughs> I own DT05 ENA. Brilliant. So with a bit of you know 
semi-dodgy spacing. <laughs> it, it misspells DTO Senna. That's so cool. I, I quite fancy one of them. Yeah. Um, I've always liked them. The other car for me I've always liked is an F40. Yeah, I share that with you. That's but that. everybody wants the F50 now. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Because I, yeah. I, get, I get the appeal of both. But yeah. for me, so I'm going to reveal my age here, but the F40 is exactly to the year the same age as me, launched right. in 87. Yeah. And for me, growing up, it was always this kind of pinnacle thing. It, that was my poster car. Yeah. The F50 came along, and I think it was still cool, but I appreciate the F50 now more as an adult. Totally. And you can see it in the prices. Yeah. You can really it. see what's happened now. I mean, F40 was... For me as well, I mean, it was like completely different. You looked at the interior, it looked like a race car. Yeah. It was, you know, it was twin turbo, it was unusual. And then the F50 came out and it felt anticlimactic. Mm. But it feels like the last five years or so, people have, people have switched. Yeah. But for me, F40, never, dri- never driven one. Um, so feel free to contact me if, you, if you've got one that I can drive. <laughs> so never driven one, um, and also Senna. I've not driven a Senna either. Interesting. Yeah, but yeah. So there we go. I might be disappointing in both, but I have a distinct feeling that is not going to be the case. I'm sure there'll be a couple of car dealers listening to this game. Yeah, oh, we've got a Senna, Senna and an F40. 40. Yeah, <laughs> so you'll right, get yeah. a tweet or a, yeah. a phone call shortly. I'm sure from somebody offering a couple of test drives and some very hot coffee. Um, brilliant. Well, this has all been fascinating. I'm really pleased we've been able to have this chat because it's always fascinating for me, as I say, coming from an events background and having a real passion for not only cars and motorsport, but of course the production side of everything that we do, both in media and in events and hospitality. It's always great to kind of unpick that brain a little bit and find out how it all works because it's such a creative world, isn't it? It's. Yeah. I, I feel like often events and hospitality, it's the, it's the 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 one creative side of the automotive industry that everyone forgets about. You think creative, you think car design, or you think um, you know, engineering even in some aspects, but often the creation of what goes into making an event so special often gets so easily overlooked, mm. and, and you really are nailing it. And I wouldn't be saying that if I didn't mean it. I think it's... It, I really it's appreciate so it. Um, now, the big final question, I guess, if there's somebody listening going, right, uh, that's enough, I've, I've heard enough, I want to do it, I want to have a go... Um, what's the best route for people to get into always have a look at our instagram it's a bit of fun and it's yeah it's nicely done so that's just that's just dto motorsport and then really simple contact at dto motorsport.com and um we'd love you to contact us we'd like to you know have a just have a chat talk about what what we do um we're at silverstone you can always come and see us um yeah and we you know Ultimately, what you're talking about in events and everything is about building you know, fun, enjoyable, trusted connections with people. That's what underpins anything. You can have the best cars on the planet, but if the coaches look miserable, the staff look miserable, and you're not caring about what you're putting on, you're not going to build that. And that's, uh, that's what we want to do. We want to build those type of contacts. So it's just contact dtomotorsport.com or just follow the insta send a message from that and we'd love to we'd love to meet you have a chat and see if there's an exciting way we can either get you out on track um, we can help you with your road driving or get you in a race car fantastic yeah do it i've done it and it's brilliant so you dear listener need to have a go as well and that's that's all we have to say i think isn't it that's yeah, well thank you so much good to <laughs> yeah good, good to, to talk everything from autonomous to 
to track driving. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, yeah. We never know where they're going to go. We said before we started recording, um, it's usually a casual conversation that will go in all sorts of different tangents, and it did. So there we go. Yeah, we fulfilled the brief. Uh, well, that just leaves me to say thank you, dear listener, for joining us for this week's episode. Uh, don't forget, you can find out more about what we do and, of course, our social feeds at Driven Chat and then, of course, the website drivenchat.com. Uh, stay tuned for another episode coming next week and for now I will say thank you very much to Mike thank you very much thank you. for inviting me here thank you again for the amazing day at Donington and I look forward to seeing what comes next absolutely thanks a lot the Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital well thank you very much for making it this far we are now at the end of this week's episode I hope you enjoyed that conversation I really did I'm always fascinated as I said in the conversation as somebody that comes from an event and hospitality background, to unpick the brains, the inner workings of other people that also work in that world, because it is such a fascinating world that brings out the best in people. Um, so, yeah, a great conversation with Mike. If you want to go and find out more about DTO, I urge you to look at their social feeds. They are brilliant. DTO Motorsport on Instagram is the easiest place to start. And then, yeah, have a look at their website for more. There is also a written review of my day the experience day that I had at Donington that is on our website now as well. So feel free to head over to drivenchat.com and there you will see the full article where I go into more detail about how the day was structured, my time with Ryan in the car as my instructor, the different cars that I was driving. Just really, really quite a fantastic day and I've put it all in words for you uh, for those that like to have a little read from time to time. Now, I flirted with the mention of two new videos before we went into this week's episode, and it's true. Yes, if you want to go onto our YouTube channel, you will find two new videos. The first one is a review of the Audi RS3, Audi's latest and greatest hot hatch. I was so excited to take delivery of the Audi RS3. It was our first Audi press car, and boy, oh boy, I wasn't disappointed. Uh, it does come with some controversy. Firstly, the price. Um, it's not quite a plain sailing review that I was hoping it was going to be in the sense of all singing, all dancing, nothing but praise, because, of course, there are a couple of things on there that weren't quite what I was expecting them to be. And to find out what those things are, then you need to go to the YouTube channel and watch our video. So youtube.com, just search for Driven Chat, or you can do youtube.com forward slash Driven Chat, and it will come up there with our videos. You can, of course, find our entire back catalogue of podcast episodes on YouTube as well. But bear in mind, those are the audio files only. We haven't yet got to the point where we're filming our podcasts, but we have heard the demand for it. All of you that are emailing us every week going, when are you going to put the video versions on YouTube? Well, we are working on it. Watch this space is what I will say. Uh, for those of you that are listening on YouTube, not many of you, but for those of you that are listening on YouTube, thank you so much for your support. Feel free to leave comments there as well. Uh, you can say hello, John, for example, right now in the comments. And the other video that's gone up is Bonham's Auctions. We, for our 100th episode of the Driven Chat podcast, went to the Goodwood members meeting where Bonham's, the auctioneers, had one of their amazing sales. I went along with our camera operator, Rich, and we had a really good look around at some of the cars there. And Louis, one of the consigners, took us on a walk-around tour, which is completely different content to the, the audio content that you heard on the episode 100 of the Driven Chat podcast. So have a look for that one as well. Uh, again, drivenchat.com. 
you'll see the videos there or just head over to youtube.com forward slash driven chat or just search for driven chat on youtube or google and it'll come up it couldn't be simpler for now i will leave you with that i will point you in the direction of our youtube channel as well as our social feeds at driven chat and of course everything we do absolutely everything podcasts videos written reviews photographs you name it if we do it it's on our website drivenchat.com is where you can go to find that And for now, that's me done. I will wrap up there and say thank you very much for listening. And we will speak to you again next week with a whole new episode on the Driven Chat Podcast. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end and it's john markar here again reminding you that this podcast the driven chat podcast has now run its course and has come to an end to find the new format search the driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps thanks bye